Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, soap fans and true believers. It's Wonder Woman week on Believe in Soap Operas. So I have Wonder Woman herself, Susan Eisenberg of Justice League Unlimited and Injustice fame, in to fangirl out with me about soaps. It was certainly one of my favorite podcasts I have ever done, and we had so much fun, I had to split it up into two parts. But first, I have Alan Locker, who is the man behind these online reunions of your favorite soaps of yore, like Guiding Light, As the World Turns, All My Children, and Now One Life to Live. I talked to him about putting these shows together and how he managed to pull off that Marathon Daytime Cares event this past weekend. So enjoy! It's Believe in Soap Operas. Of course, I'm Lucretia Lyon, and with me today is Alan Locker of The Locker Room on YouTube that is doing all these cool reunions. So, of course, he'd be the perfect person to talk to for Believe in Soaps. How you doing today, Alan? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, cool. So, I know you were the publicist for As the World Turns and Guiding Light. Is that sort of where you started your daytime career? It is. I, mean, I, I spent 13 years uh, working in the PR department, and for the last couple of years before the shows went off the air, I was the head of the PR department there for both shows. Um, yeah, so I've worked in PR all my, my career. I started uh, at Disney doing uh, PR and marketing for movies prior to as the world turns and guiding light, but as the world turns and guiding light was probably one of the first jobs I applied for out of college, and then ten years later got the job. Wow, that's really cool. And so, were you a fan of daytime before getting those jobs? No, no. Um, and my grandmother, my dad's mom, uh, moved to the United States from Holland oh, yeah. uh, in the uh, late fifties and learned to speak English on the two shows I worked on. And they were a part of my childhood, basically. And so I was a fan before I, I worked there. See, that's just the best. And those are the stories we love to hear. Because, And it's hard sometimes, especially since most shows are pretty short. You may get to work with somebody you were a fan of, but not necessarily a show. But that's why when I hear people with daytime that grew up watching it, like Brighton James said his mom was like in love with Steve Burton. So it was so cool when he joined The Young and the Restless. Those are the, show, those are the stories you really like to hear, is that people were a fan before coming in, and it was sort of a family thing, so... Your parents were definitely proud of you, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it was nice. Um, my mom, um, prior to her passing away, we, we, we knew she um, didn't have long. And um, P&G and Telenext, who I worked for, were really kind and gave my mom and my sister tickets to join me at the Emmys in California. Um, and it was a real highlight for her, a highlight for me, and to be able to do it for her. Um, you know, she had met people over the years because I had spent 
so much time working there. But it was really um, in the last year of her life so that she got to come out there, get dolled up, and uh, enjoy the, the Emmy Awards. Yeah, get the full red carpet treatment, which may be a thing of the past this year. <laughs> It, it might be. It might be sort of like what we did this past weekend with the Daytime Cares event. Yeah, that was four hours long. <laughs> I can't believe you guys did that, but I know I tuned in and looked at some of it later and was like, oh my God, how cool, because everyone's so multi-talented, and I like like how Cynthia Watros did some yoga breathing, because she, you know she, a lot of people played guitar or sang or things like that, because everybody is so you know multifaceted, but some of the more unique takes like that I was really taken aback by. How, how fun. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. It was, you know, a lot of work to uh, organize and, and sort of run it, you know. Yeah, doing, I can only imagine. On the, yeah, doing it live on the internet, you know, by my, I mean, not by myself, I mean, Laura, of course, co-hosting, but I was doing the technical elements, you know, of, of bringing people in and out, which is normally, you know, done in a control room, not not for the host to do, so it was a little stressful in that and, and you can see it that it was live because you know there were a couple little errors here and there but you know um and we didn't anticipate four hours you know we had scheduled hopefully two to two and a half yeah. but, you know we didn't cut anybody off and we we wanted to make sure that we got everyone included so you know um i, I guess that was the plus side of doing it on on the web where we we didn't have anybody cutting us off at two hours. So Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of what we're all sort of having to figure out now is what do we do without production going on and things like that. And it's sort of giving people a little bit of time to like stretch their muscles and sort of figure things out. And I know when I was over at After Buzz TV, we would often shoot live, I mean, barring any technical difficulties, and as there are some, but yeah, I mean, you're basically doing all the technical stuff for these reunions, not just this big daytime cares event. And you know, what really made you decide to do all of this? So I, I was working for um, a company called On Location Tours. It's a TV and movie tour company based mm -hmm. in New York City. And I was laid off due to coronavirus. Uh, you know, tourism yeah. was one of the first things to go, unfortunately. And, you know, I've been home, you know, working on my resume and what's next and spent some time on Instagram and noticed, you know, a lot of um, friends of mine, a lot of celebrities doing one-on-one -on -one live Instagram uh, yeah. interviews. And it was truly the day before As the World Turns' his anniversary that I was doing that. And I thought, you know, the anniversary is April 2nd. Maybe I should reach out and see if anybody wants to do one with me. And I called Michael Park. He was my first call. And he, um, as you know, was in Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, and yeah. He told, me, he told me that the cast of Dear Evan had just recently done a live stream. And it was with more than one person because that's the limitation of Instagram. And he, you know, found out the platform, suggested it, and... You know, uh, basically two days later, we were live um, at two o'clock with Michael, Maura West, Martha yeah. Byrne, <laughs> Kelly Hensley, and the one and only uh, Dr. Bob, Don Hastings. Yeah, and, and it's so cool because it's like we're all trying to figure out what do we do with our respective jobs and careers while a lot of stuff is on hold. And this was something that I found just to be completely unique because it's not just like sort of continuing on with the stories now. It's more just like, hey... 
people still care about these shows that have been canceled because they were, you know, their mother's favorite. They learned it was sort of like bringing together family. And with so many people isolated away from family and loved ones and even alone, what better way to bring, you know, joy to them is give them reunions of their favorite daytime stars from back, you know, when. Well, that was, that was definitely the impetus. I mean, when, yeah. you know, like I said, I was thinking of doing it for the anniversary and it, mm-hmm. and it was for that reason. I know how many people loved As the World Turns and Gunning Lie. I know that, you know, the these actors are in their living rooms five days a week, you know, yeah. five days a week. I grew up feeling that way about them, that they were family, and then I, you know, went to work there. So I understand that connection. And our shows have been off the air for 10 and 11 years, and I thought, you know, like you said, people are stuck at home. I mean, even even the actors I'm interviewing, some of them yeah. are stuck without their spouses because they got stuck somewhere. You know, so it's not only... That was the, the beautiful um, added bonus for me was to realize how much the actors were enjoying getting to see their friends. It was the fact that the people who worked behind the scenes were excited to see their friends. And then the fans just have been so grateful and thankful and that's the reason I keep doing more and you know they're the ones who you know really sparked me branching out to people I didn't know like Susan Lucci and the One Life to Live one this week and I have another One Life to Live one for the following week which I'll announce this week as well and another All My Children one uh, the following week as well so um, it's really because of them that I'm you know continuing to to do it yeah, and, and I'm so grateful because I know, for one, I miss One Life to Live the most, and all my children, of course, getting Susan Lucci, who I still can't believe is not on my television screen right now. With the cancellation of Devious Maids, I'll, I talk about that a lot. Like, she was so great on there, and she just has so much to give still, and that that, that was a really fun one to watch. And I, I love watching these actors and what they're doing because we're used to seeing them every day. But most of them were used to either seeing each other every day 10 years ago or now. So they miss each other. And, and that's fun, too, like you say. Yeah, very much so. And you're right. It, you know, I felt honored that Susan did it with me. And I love that she wanted to do it. It wasn't, you know, necessarily to do it with me. I mean, she wanted to do it for the fans. I and mean, that's who this is being done for. And, and you know, it was really so easy and nice to do. And the same with the One Life people. They all said yes immediately. So... You know, they realize it too, that, you know, that it's not just the fans have the connection to them, the, the actors have a connection too, they've done, you know, they played these parts for so long. Well, yeah, that's what was really fun about the Daytime Cares event. One of my favorite parts was James Patrick Stewart interviewing Michael E. Knight. And I'm so glad that they get their little scenes together on General Hospital. But, yeah, I mean, their friendship is just funny. And, and that, was, that was another thing that was different and unique, and I was happy to see. <laughs> I wasn't sure everybody fully got it until towards the end, but, you know, I knew what they were aiming for, and, um, no, I'm glad, you know, it seems people really did enjoy the the night, that was the goal, you know, Laura, it was Laura Wright's idea, and then it just was an amazing connection that Ari Zucker and Sean Christian and their friends had built DaytimeCares.com, and it was just, uh, you know, kismet that we all got together. It just worked beautifully. We all worked well together. 
Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting because, again, there were different types of things everybody was doing, and it looked like everybody was having a good time, and not only getting to be there for the fans, but each other as well, because, you know, as they say, we're alone together. Yeah, and then together, we're all, you know, we're all, you know, at home, we're all figuring ways to keep yourselves occupied, sane, and healthy. <laughs> Yeah, and to me, it's like doing things like this sort of gives people a little bit of hope, a little bit of levity in the situation that we're in. And yeah, I mean, I know as a fan, I appreciate it as well with everyone involved. And yeah, it, a lot of work goes into it, and you see that. So like, how how long does it take you to prepare these things? Um, it, ta- it takes me a couple of days, you know, I, because I don't, you know, I mean, I know the World Times and Guiding Light one's a little more fun. In terms of um, the other, um, you know, One Life to Live is going to take me a little longer and, you know, all my children and, you know, um, tomorrow for Guiding Light, I have Michael Tylo and Denise Pence and Elvira Roussel, who I grew up watching. Um, so, but I still, you know, I need to do research on them and, you know, it, the one thing I, um, I started my career as a page for ABC television and I worked on Regis and Kathy Lee. One thing that taught me is being prepared makes it a lot easier. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, being prepared for your guests and knowing things and not, you know, flying by the seat of your pants helps you in, you know, feeling more comfortable doing it. Yeah, like you have to be prepared and you also have to know how to think on your feet. Because like you say, I mean, a lot of technical things go into these as well. So you have to learn how to deal with the technical difficulties, which is more on the improv side. Had you really dealt with that before? Well, you know, working in PR definitely yeah. presents that. I mean, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I started in movies. You know, I, I've worked a, a ton of red carpets over the oh, years, yeah. movie, movie premieres where things happen, so you have to be prepared to, to jump. The other thing is, um, when I initially launched this on April 3rd, I was asking actors to show up, you know, about five to ten minutes prior. Now I'm trying to make it, you know, a guaranteed 15 minutes prior so that we can iron out those technical issues ahead of time so that we, we don't have them um, as much. And, that, and you could tell... Like on Saturday night, everyone was showing up early because we kept talking about how we had too many people in the green room. But it was better <laughs> to have that situation than having no one in the green room waiting to go on. Yeah, exactly. It's better to have people waiting there instead of people waiting in the audience. And I know Nancy Legrand said, like, I was sober by my time, but <laughs> I'm not getting promised anything she now. Did, yeah, she exactly. was so funny. <laughs> Totally, totally. And that's what I like, is their interactions on social media, and I see you on there as well. It, it's Social media is one of those things that is for better or for worse. Right now, I don't think we'd all survive without it. But we all know the, the other pratfalls of it. But I feel like we're in a good space, don't you think, with social media? No, like you, I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, there, there's good and there's bad. But yes, I mean, I think, I think um, if there was a time that we would have to be quarantined, having outlets, you know, FaceTime, my ability to live stream these, you know, all of this is a godsend, really, because, I mean, even for, you know, people raising kids who aren't living with their children, you know, FaceTime is, 
you know, saving parents and grandparents, you know, from going absolutely insane from not being able to see them. Oh, yeah. And, and that's great. Like, I was kind of lucky that I happened to be in Texas instead of L.A., and I just decided to stay here and luckily be with my mother. But, you know, my grandmother's not allowed to leave her independent living facility. So we have to text about General Hospital. <laughs> and this te Texas has opened, right, some of it? Uh, yeah, th th they have, like, now the co they're open to COVID guidelines. And, again, another godsend that I'm able to actually now go out to eat, you know, we wear a mask in the store, things like that. But yeah, and they're only allowing 25% capacity, but a lot of these restaurants have done pretty well about doing takeout delivery with these local places. I know my grandmother was very grateful I brought her ribs for Mother's Day yesterday, <laughs> and they were we were able to drop it off. But That's amazing. Yeah. And you're in New York? I'm in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Uh, I worked in New York, but yeah. I moved back to New Jersey about five years ago. Which I'm thankful for at oh, this yeah. time. <laughs> yes, because that's you know, the thing about being, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, being out of the city right now. Um, yeah, with the quarantine in the bigger cities like that, because I know uh, my brother's in Dallas right now, and they were a lot more strict because, again, closer quarters, more people, a little bit more in and out. So that's why, luckily, where my fam most of my family lives is a big enough city, but there's not really a lot of in and out. So they only had four deaths in the entire county. So it's a little different. And that is the thing, is everybody's in a different spot. A lot of people are all over now because, you know, they went to be with loved ones. As they, the isolation, we had no idea how long it would take. Yeah, nobody really did. I mean, we still really don't. And New Jersey is still a little ways off before getting back to normal, so. Yeah, and that's the thing, is, you know, we're, as they say, we're in the same storm, but not all in the same boat. <laughs> Well, and that's what's so good about these reunions that you are putting together. It gives people a little bit of the time to escape and see their, their friends from Port Charles or Landview or wherever they grew up watching. That's that the ones they've watched. And so, what uh, can you divulge any of your upcoming reunions you have in the bank? Yeah, I'll... I'll say the next um, one, one life one, because I'll announce that probably Thursday at, at the end of the show. So if this is going up Thursday, sure. Cool. Um, I'm going to have, um, so on May 21st at 2 p.m. Eastern, we have another One Life to Live reunion with Andrea Evans. Oh, yay. Fiona, Fiona Hutchison, Eileen Kristen, and Tanya Walker. Maybe one other, but... That, that's so cool, because Tanya Walker was actually the stepmother of one of my good friends, so well, I actually know Tanya pretty well, and Eileen Kirsten, gotta love her. I kind of hate that we haven't seen her as Ava's mom on General Hospital in a while, so that, that's a good group of uh, women there. Yeah, not bad, right? I'm, I'm hoping Erica Slezak joins up, but I don't have that confirmed, so don't know if she'll do it. Well, cool. Yeah, I know. We'll need a Vicky versus Dorian reunion <laughs> maybe one day with her and Robin. But yeah, I know you have James and Cassie DePaiva and Tuck Watkins coming up as well. And that's this week? That's this week. This Thursday, the One Life reunion is Cassie and Jim DePaiva, Tuck Watkins, Hillary B. Smith, and Bob S. Woods and Tuck. Yeah, that's a good group of Buchanans there. <laughs> And then, and then and Friday, because your show's airing Thursday, this Friday, uh, May 15th, we have Don Hastings and Catherine Hayes from As The World Turns. Uh, Dr. Bob and Kim will be joining me, which I'm very excited about. 
that should that should be a good one. And that's the thing, is shows like As the World Turns and Guiding Light were off a little bit before One Life to Live as well, so people have been clamoring for these for quite some time. I mean, the reaction to Bob and Kim right now is very positive. People are really looking forward to seeing them. Well, that's good. So, is there anything else you'd like the fans to know before we wrap this up here? Thanks. You know, I really appreciate them uh, responding to this. You know, it's um, somebody up in the, you know, March 10th. What do you think we'd be doing in a month? It would not have been the locker room. But, I'm, you know, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful people are tuning in, and I'm just having a good time. Well, cool. And like you say, it's The Locker Room, L-O-C-H-E-R, on YouTube. Thanks so much for reaching out. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you so much. A little update on that One Life to Live event with Tuck Watkins, Robert S. Woods, Hillary B. Smith, as well as Cassie and James DePaiva has been rescheduled for May 21st at 2 p.m. Eastern. And he just announced an All My Children one as well the following day with Vincent Arizari, of course, and Jacob Young, my favorite JR, and Walt Willie, Jackson Montgomery. And that's at 4 p.m. Eastern, Friday, May 22nd. To find these live reunions, check out The Locker Room on YouTube or follow Alan on social media at alanglenn 66 for updates and links. And now, here's Susan. All right, guys, it's Believe in Soap Operas. I'm, of course, Lucretia Lyon. And with me today is, for most of us, if you're around my age, Wonder Woman, Susan Eisenberg. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hey. I know, it's so funny that uh, I found you on Twitter because you were also tweeting about the soaps, uh, General Hospital specifically, and what's cool is, so, like, you were Wonder Woman in the Justice League Unlimited, and, you know, certainly before Gal Gadot and uh, after Linda Carter, so that in-between time for us millennial Gen Xers who may have been, like, watching that, so it's cool, but yeah, Ken Schreiner was the Green Arrow, Yes, he was. And, you know, Ken and I um, became really, really good friends because we never worked together on the Justice League. He was in New York at the time. I think he was doing At the World Turn when he was working on the Justice League. So we never met during the sessions, but he, at one point in his life, he lived on my block. And I was walking one day and I saw him and Josh Duhon, who played his oh, son yeah. on the show. And Logan. Literally, right, Logan. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, literally, I became all a flutter because I grew up on soap <laughs> operas. I have three older sisters. So I grew up watching daytime television from Dark Shadows to oh, Ryan yeah. Hope to all of it. So um, I saw him and it was like, oh, my God, it's Scotty Baldwin. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I kind of like sauntered over to him and you know and of course I was wearing like workout clothes which wasn't ideal but whatever and um yeah I introduced myself to him and I think at first he thought okay nutty fan (laughs) who is this person and and thank god I had a professional connection to him so I said we worked together on the same show the Justice League Justice League Unlimited and and he said oh yeah yeah what, what character did you play and I said oh like Wonder Woman. You know, that was <laughs> yeah. the best thing ever. You wait your whole life to be able to like deliver that line in seriousness. And uh, and so 
subsequently we became good friends and total pals from that. And But he always joked that the Justice League really got good when it started Unlimited and all these other, and his character came on board. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he gave me, like, you know, it was really amazing to meet him because through him I met Tom Stacy, who is one of the writers for Soap Opera Digest. Oh, yeah. And years and years and years ago, when I was first starting out my voiceover career, I applied for a job for Soap Opera Digest. <laughs> and, you know, I met, I think, with Carolyn Hinsey. And oh, yeah. we interviewed. Yeah, we interviewed. And, and, like, I, I remember being offered something, but at the time it was like, ugh, my voiceover career versus doing this, and if I'm going to do this, I can't really do the voiceover career, so I opted for the voiceover career, but the passion has stayed, and uh, anytime I can talk to fellow soap opera lovers, I, I'm giddy, so when you and I were like on our, you know, following each other, and I saw your feed, it was just like, oh, this is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like, I wonder if she wants to come chat about it on my podcast, because it's always fun to have other fans that people may, like, recognize, because what I love is, like, Yvette Nicole Brown, like, was on The Young and the Restless, because she was such a fan, and I love her, she's such a fan girl. and I was like, I want to know if there's more people like that, and then there I found you. <laughs> there are so many, and, you know, so many actors that I, like, if I listen to a podcast with soap actors, so many of them were fans before they got the gig, and then they have to be on set working opposite Tony, you oh, know, yeah. Luke, uh, Tony Geary or, uh, you know, Jeannie. And it's really so sweet hearing people's stories of coming on the shows and as fans first and then as actors. And um, for me, I didn't grow up with cartoons, really, or mm. comic books. That wasn't my passion. So even though now I know that world so much better and I'm in, very involved with that world, I'm always, like, looking out for, like, the soap opera people. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and it always makes me so happy when I, when I can, um, you know, put the two worlds together. So I, I so appreciate you reaching out to me because, like, you can hear the smile in my voice. <laughs> I was so ecstatic to talk soaps with somebody. Oh, yeah. And it's great. I, you know, started doing soap podcasting really at After Buzz TV, and people couldn't believe that I was like this biggest soap fan and wanted to do the General Hospital after show because, I mean, when you look at me and you look at some of my other stuff, I'm a big nerd, like the comics and all that. So your other world, I pretty well have like, you know, a foot in each door and those are things I'm, I'm really passionate about, but so many people don't get that's kind of a soap opera, too. And one of the other co-hosts was the same way. He was this big General Hospital watcher, but then we also did the Legends of Tomorrow podcast and things like that. Because, And I'm like, most of those people, or like even Supernatural, like Jensen Ackles, was on Days of Our Lives, guys. Like totally. These actors transition into that because it is very similar in a way, and in the way that no one ever really dies. <laughs> It's so yeah. true. No, it's so true. And there is such, you know, there is a similarity in that regard. And so I'm not surprised that there's crossover. But I find that when I tweet about Wonder Woman, I'll get a lot of responses. And when I tweet about General <laughs> Hospital, I get about six. And I'm so grateful to those yeah. people. I'm like, yay. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Like, 
and it's certainly now that the nerd stuff is more popular, and I don't want to sound like too much of a hipster, but it's almost made it less special. But with uh, soaps, we still have our cult, and it still feels like a cult, <laughs> I guess. You know, not you know, not Donna Day style, but... <laughs> No, <laughs> nice reference. Yeah. No, but, and, also, and also, like, there's just something about like a really deep, deep, um, intelligent conversation about daytime television because I take it so seriously. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I when I was growing up, you know, Claire Labine was writing Ryan's Hope. Like, I grew up with the best of the stories on Guiding Light and As the World Turns and General Hospital. So I take it in terms of the storytelling and the characters and how we all still care about those characters. I was writing the other day about, you know, like Guiding Light. I mean, I miss Reva and Josh. I miss those characters, Harley, and I miss all of them. And, um, you know, so when you get somebody who feels that way too and who grew up with them like I did it's uh there's something like there's a heart connection to that and I so appreciate it oh yeah doing stuff like this has really made me so happy that I can finally share with people because even though like my mom kind of watches it or my grandma watches General Hospital or like my dad uh he was really into that and got me into it but it's this not the same whenever you're like, oh, my God, you, you care about Todd Manning as much as I do, and you miss him every day? <laughs> like, every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Todd and Blair. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just all of it. All of it. It's just um, those people every day, you know, five days a week. And, you know, I mean, what was more special than holiday episodes? Oh, yeah. The soaps, and, you know, and, and it's also... Because I made a joke about how I, I'm, um, I'm watching all of the episodes from like 1990 for Guiding Light. Like that's, oh, yeah. you know, that's that's my thing right now on YouTube, and and you just appreciate how so much of how it was done then with these really long scenes and these complex stories and with the characters that you already loved, and it makes you appreciate so much how brilliant it was back then. Oh, yeah. And, and this is where you see, because I know a lot of people kind of dismiss soap actors and, you know, say that oh, that's God. not things. And that drives me nuts. I'm like, do nuts. you not get, like, the biggest people? Even, like, you know, as late as Michael B. Jordan and Finn Ritrock. Finn Ritrock. His name is so hard to say. But they were on All My Children, guys. Like, these are good actors. Just some of them like the stability of soaps versus going on. I mean, I know I would pick that, too, because... Yeah, I mean, Roger Howarth and Maura West are just as good as anyone ever nominated for an Oscar, and, and I like that other people will see that too because they dismiss. Oh, John Stamos started in soaps. It's like, yeah, and he was great, <laughs> and he was great, yeah. Blackie. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing I, I years ago when I was before voiceover um, became like a full time gig, I worked different jobs, and one of the jobs I did was I worked in casting. I worked for a casting mm -hmm. director named Heidi Levitt. And Heidi cast a lot of big feature films. She did The Rock with Nick Cage. And when we were, I was like the assistant to the assistant to the assistant. I was really low on the totem pole. And But I knew all the daytime stars and actors. And Heidi gave me the permission to bring in anyone I wanted. Oh, she said, nice. I don't know. I don't know that world. If you know it, bring in whoever. I trust your instincts. Bring in whoever you want. So in walks Roger. 
In walks <laughs> Vanessa Marcel, who actually booked the job. Vanessa Marcel booked The Rock. Um, and that was because I love daytime actors. And they would be walking in to read for this feature film and be like, how the hell am I here? Like, who who got me this audition? And it was like, <laughs> Because I just love them. And I... I, it's such a hard job to do well every day, and they did it. And I had such respect for them as actors, and um, it was just a gift to be able to bring those people uh, into casting offices that they weren't normally going to get into um, because you're on daytime as opposed to having like a whole list of features in, to your resume. And um, it was just the, it, it was just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and that's probably why I couldn't be a casting assistant because I did it for one casting director and it was just so, like, I, I just couldn't handle it. I'm like, oh my God, like, they're so mean and about people. And I'm like, these are people's livelihoods. So I'm glad that you were able to actually do some good and get them in the room. Wally Kurth said the best thing about soap actors when I interviewed him years ago. And he was like, we're the blue collar workers. Yeah. And I was like, I like that because it's so true. They're not respected, you know, in a lot of ways by like the mainstream, but they are hard workers and they are good at what they do. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, yeah, no, I, you know, and listen, Wally knows better than yeah. anybody because he's the blue collar worker holding down two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's so fun. Like, I was never a big Days of Our Lives watcher, but knowing that it's the only thing going to be new for a while, I've started watching it. And it's so fun to see Wally on both that and General Hospital, which is my long-lasting love. <laughs> so that's your, so General Hospital is your um, number one? Is that your, the longest one that you've watched? Yes, it's still on. I One Life to Live will always be my one all-time favorite, but basically I just watched that and all my children. I just watched all the ABC ones, and I got into Y&R when SoapNet was a thing. Yeah. No, I. you know when I got into Y&R? Because I, w- I never watched it when I was younger, but I got into it with um, Phyllis Newman and, oh, yeah. uh, and <laughs> Josh Morrow. I fell in love and you talk about acting Michelle Stafford oh yeah Josh Ma- I mean who's better than Michelle Stafford who can act better than she can she is brilliant and um and I was kind of bummed when she left General Hospital you know because she finally made that Nina character somebody I could tolerate and then of course Cynthia took over and I know Cynthia from Guiding Light and she was brilliant on Guiding Light and she's done amazing things with the character on on General Hospital, but um, that's when I started watching Young and the Restless. I fell in love with Sick. <laughs> that's so funny, and now they're they're back together, and I, I love know. Summer hating it, like, because I think Hunter King is really great as well, and I could just sing the praises of Michelle all day long, and to now actually know her, it, I was probably more starstruck with Michelle than anyone else I've ever met, and it's like, wow. <laughs> well, she's a presence. Boy. Yeah, she's I mean, great. She, She's larger than life, and and she is as fearless as any actor I've ever seen. You know, she she just goes full throttle, and and um, I just can't say enough about her. I think she's brilliant. Yeah, and, and Mora too. Like oh, there are so yeah. many that are just you know there are just Mora is just extraordinary, and Jeannie. I just you know I love Jeannie Francis as an actress. She just breaks my heart on a regular basis. You know, she she can bring so much to that script and um you know I I just want her to be on all the time I 
one of the things I lament about General Hospital is that they let go of so many of the vets and they let go of so much of that history. They killed off way too many characters so that you lose that legacy of the show. And I think that once you do that, I mean, even though people do come back from the dead all the time, you know, um, you know, you can't do that with a Kiki. You can't do that with the dead body. You know, and I just think the quarter means being wiped out like they were, I, you know, I, I lament that to this day. I mean, it just bums me out so much because the, the greatest shows really did have the grandparents, the, the parents, and then the children. And they played the generations. And I think that, you know, they don't do that on General Hospital as much anymore. And it's a, it's a shame. Yeah, I completely agree about that because I will say that lately in the last few months, I will say, the show's gotten so much better and so much more incorporating with the Quartermains. I think adding Amanda Seton as Brooklyn certainly gave me hope that that would come back, because like you, I'm a bigger fan of that than a lot of the mob stuff. But even the mob stuff that's going on right now, it's not about Sonny and Jason, it's about Jordan and Laura, and so we're getting some good Jeannie Francis stuff, so I try not to be too complaining because I'm like, no, 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 keep doing this. Maybe not so much Willow and these new characters that we don't care about. But yeah, I mean, let's get back to the veterans. And it was cool okay, to bring so Taggart have, back. I have, yeah, I have a plot question yeah. for you. If Willow and Michael, well, first of all, I mean, it was very soapy how they had, oh, yeah. you know, that them sleep together and, and Willow walk in on it and everything. But if the custody hearing is like already happening today or tomorrow, um, why... It didn't really, I don't know how you experienced it, but it didn't ring true for me at all that, that, that they couldn't just sit down and say, hey, listen, I don't want you to marry Michael, but I know you have to, and I think you should. I, instead of, like, the whole fake um, having sex and you're going to walk in on the set. You know, it just felt um, yeah. silly. Yeah, it's it so silly. silly. And it, this is sillier than when Diane had to defend Franco with a tumor. And it was a tumor in a jar. That was brilliant. Love that. This this is dumb. <laughs> did you watch? Did you watch yesterday? Or I think yesterday between um, Ava and uh, Franco, those scenes. Oh yeah, together. I love them. Wow. And I, you know, I what I love too is their history as actors because of as they were on as the world turns together, and that to me just resonates. You know, because I think God, they've known each other for so long and they play so beautifully together and it's um it's the stuff I eat up you know I just can't get enough of that stuff oh yeah and uh, like Ava Jerome is a character that you should hate but right Mora is so good Ava is my favorite character on the show and she's not even been on the show that long but it's just I like Ava and how she works well with Franco and I for one, I'm, I'm a Frizz fan. Do not want to break them up. Stay away. But Ava and Nicholas, I, I'm loving Marcus Coloma as Nicholas, and we're finally getting that pairing. And he's so darling, and they need to, like, use that because he smiles and he, like, lights up the room, and I need more of the smile and the sexy. Oh, yeah. And yesterday there was a little bit of that, you know, even with Elizabeth, and, you know, we need it. We need some, like, you know, Zazazu, and let's get that going with the love triangles and realizing he does love Ava and all of that. I mean, I think the whole premise of him being coming on the show was really badly done. Like it made no sense him hiding out, hiding out, yeah. And, and then like he was always in plain sight, and and it just didn't seem like there was a plan there. Um, and then of course, like Jack's being involved with it made no sense. 
And do you have any insight into why Hayden left you? Like, why they brought her back again to have her leave? Again? Like, what? I wish I knew what was going on there. Yeah, in, like... In terms of what's happening with that? It made no sense to me. I don't know, because I love Rebecca Budding. Like, if She's I a- have a daughter, her name will be Greenlee. Greenlee, Smythe, Dupre, Lavery. is <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> characters of all time. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, her is Hayden. I was so excited because, you know, we, we got General Hospital, and she worked well with Billy Miller and with both Tyler Christopher and now Marcus. And But you're just, like, or Michael, her and Michael Easton, I want them to get back together on this show. Like, I, you know. beautiful together. And Violet's cutest kid ever but I don't know if it's Rebecca doesn't have the time or they don't have the money I don't know what it is but I want Hayden back because it's like it really does make Nicholas look bad and I like both him and Valentine it equally I will say but it's like he kind Valentine's honestly looking like the better dude at this point and he's supposed to be the evil one <laughs> exactly and you know the thing about and I love Tyler Christopher and, yeah. and he was beautiful in the part I mean he was just so lovely in that role and you know he was a good guy and I yeah. loved him best heroic you know I I believe in the good guys and <laughs> of course and um you know I just think it's phenomenal when you have somebody playing true to themselves and the fact that he sent Rebecca away and the character mm-hmm. and you know it made it was just so horrific that she would leave her daughter it made no sense and I think the fans like you know we'll put up with so much we'll yeah. put up with the recast we'll put up with people having big goodbye parties only to come back two months later which they knew all along I mean it just well all of it we're, we'll forgive but come on like why bring her back you know it's like it's like um they brought back Brit. yeah I love Brit. oh my god she's so I mean I tweeted out yeah. when she came back like she's she's amazing and she had had so much spark to the canvas and then they get rid of like and then she goes i i didn't understand that and that made no sense to me so um i don't understand sometimes what they're doing (laughs) i get very upset with with frank valentini because i don't understand uh you know some of his choices or most of his choices i've said from day one like play the vets play play you know and everyone says that i've never heard anyone say let's see more of the younger set unless it is like jocelyn and cameron with eden and william they are so good i am so happy to have them and sydney michaela who is trina she's great i'm like these this set is good and it's not to say that any of the actors are bad in the 20-somethings like michael chase uh sasha and willow they're all phenomenal actors but to me, it's like Chase almost works better with Michael Easton. I love those scenes. And they light up. It. And when he's put in with Brooklyn, who's got a little bit more fire. But yeah, love that it. quad is just so dull. And that's all it anyone so says. Dull. And you're like, it could be better. These people can do better. Right. I mean, because it's soap 101. I mean, yeah. that's, that, I mean, good soap is just, it's not that complicated. And when it's done well, there's nothing like it. And, you know, you already have us. We're, we're going to watch regardless. Yeah. I'm not going to ever stop watching my soaps. But entertain me because I'm your viewer. And, you know, and, and I, I love, you know, the, you're right. I think the foursome, they're all terrific actors. I don't think that foursome is exciting. Um, and I love the brothers. I love Michael Easton yeah. and Chase. I mean, I think... Yeah, they're you know, very cute. Soap, 
and they have they really got lucky with the two of them because they have a lot of chemistry. It's not just you know female male or male male chemistry. It's there's a lot of beautiful chemistry on the show, and um, I love Anna and Robert. Oh yeah, I love seeing them and their history and that. And Mac and Felicia, yeah, like we're seeing more of them, so that's good. Very much so, and I love that Robert and you know Mac were working together. You know, I think all the fans appreciate that. It's not that they in mind the newer people but the newer people can't be the show I mean they just you know you can't give them the entire stage you've got to let the older actors the actors with the history and the relationship with the fans get on there you know when Lucy comes all the fans get so giddy and yeah um, you know like let, let's you know it's it's really frustrating when there's a formula that has been magic for so long and then people throw you know people throw away the formula and you're like what are you doing bring back the formula it works yeah it's proven you know yeah there's a reason we've been watching this for most of our lives is because like it works and we like it and it is is sort of like we understand the rotation but then some people don't get rotated as much and you're like okay well what I mean and I do understand because you know I'm in the business as well how things work people may not be available like there's a little bit of that you can deal with but yeah like you say sometimes I don't understand the direction they're going because like Willow is a character that I just can't gel with. I think Caitlin McMullen is a great actress, and some of her choices with the character certainly make it more interesting because it almost seems like she's going to go nuts at any moment. But part of me is like, is that what we're going to do? Is that maybe why we've come on so strong with this character to build her up and then tear her down almost to, you know, go against Nell and be a little bit more, you know, on the same footing if she's nuts? I- if that is the direction I'm hoping for, because it would make sense, but there's just saying this person is the Paragon doesn't make them very likable. And it's very reminiscent of Babe on All My Children, where it was like, it's hard to like this character because everybody acts like she's so great, and we don't really see that, and we see too much of her, so it re- makes you resentful for when you'd rather see Anna Devane. Right, exactly, and just other people, yeah, I mean, share the spotlight, and I think that, you know, we burn out with, with people being forced, um, you know, forced on us every day, the same characters, it's, you know, and that, I don't know, what do you think about the outdoor stuff, because <laughs> it drives me bonkers, okay. I can't stand it, oh, it just yeah. reminds me of PPAC, it reminds me of Guiding, I don't know if you saw, watch Guiding Light, but Guiding Light, oh, yeah. when they were go. you know, when they were in their last year, they... I mean, Ellen Wheeler, who was the executive producer, you know, was just doing anything to try to save the show. But again, with formulas, taking the show out of the studio and having this entirely new format, you know, the fans were just like, what? Huh? What? And it was so jarring and it just did not work. And, you know, I just feel like the outside shots, it brings it's like PTSD, the guiding light, whenever I see them go outside, and and they're always in the same spot right outside the studio, and it just bugs me. It just oh. bugs me. Like, I just, I can't stand it. <laughs> it's so funny, because that was a long-standing joke when they started doing that on the AfterBuzz TV General Hospital after show, is me, uh, there was another co-host, Frank Moran, who, like, would just rail into it, just because it was so bad, and it was always like the same place so it was a running gag so yes you were not alone the outdoor scenes all seem weird and I'm glad that the internet was all on board or at least soap twitter with the tree banging 
Like, oh, what is awful. this? Because we're like, this is a real tree, guys. Like, and it was so bad. <laughs> and I, I mean, what? I'm a tree nut. Like, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with trees. I mean, mm-hmm. as a, as a total aside here. So I was like, seriously, like, what is he? And then I saw it on Twitter, and I was laughing because I just, I love the passion out there, and I love, like, with the moss, you know. On the oh, yeah, the moss is hilarious, and, like, hilarious. Steve Burton's even in on the joke now. and It's fantastic, and, um, but so the outdoor stuff is just, it, it, it stop, it's just, you know, <laughs> begging Frank, please stop with the outdoor stuff, it, it, it doesn't bring any, I mean, maybe I'm in the minority, but I, 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 it really annoys me. And they did all this, be- you know, they spent all this money on the beautiful new sets. So, yeah. you know, use them more. Uh, and back in the day, too, like, there were so many better sound effects to the fake outside. Like, so when they go outside, you hear the crickets or a dog yeah. bark. And you felt it. And it was one of the like, days of our lives did that. I, I grew up with days with um, Hope and Bo. And, like, you, when it was fall, you felt it was fall. Even though you yeah. were Stage. It was so well done, and I missed that fake. Uh, it was totally fake, but it really, really worked, and I miss. <laughs> I'd rather have that than like real outdoors any day of the week, um, unless you're like going on location to Puerto Rico and you're sunny and Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they certainly don't do stuff like that anymore. But yeah, General yeah. Hospital used to do a lot of like snow scenes, so we know it's New York, and we don't see those anymore. I mean. I can't remember much outside of like what was it the when Diego was killing everyone the text message killer and I remember Georgie's death on the stairs I'm like oh yeah Georgie died with the snow I guess right no but that's like Georgie like really I honestly broke up with General Hospital briefly after that I'm like you killed Georgie you killed Emily those were good girls you like and why do we have to torture Nicholas. <laughs> awful and like really you're right Emily I forgot about them killing Emily I mean it's bad enough they killed Alan and AJ oh yeah so I love AJ <laughs> AJ was great and he added foil to it yeah you know, we we needed that and um so okay I mean so are you so you watch Young and the Restless now do you watch Bold and the Beautiful no Bold is one I've never really watched like and I love Rena Sofer and I see the little bits with her in like previews and things like that and I'm like I want to watch this and I know it's short but I've just never been able to get that into it so yeah and then I've just started watching Days because I love Brandon Barash and he's back apparently yeah he's so good <laughs> yeah. I mean he was listen he was on General Hospital yeah he was Johnny Sakara, who I miss yeah. every day I, I loved him as Johnny and and you know that's another thing it's like there's so few soaps left for actors to get their breaks on yeah and back in the day you know when you looked at the New York shows so many of the casting people plucked the actors from from theater in New York and I mean I'm, I think I'm quite a bit older than you so I go back a lot further than you do um and you know like you had such brilliant casts on these shows and one of the things that i i so lament is that actors no longer have those places to or right now no one's working but yeah you know you you lost we lost all those new york soaps which is it just it still makes me so sad and and if i read an announcement today that all my children was coming back and as the world turns was coming back and guiding light I, you know i'd give anything to get those shows back i really would i mean wouldn't you wouldn't you just love it if one life to live oh yeah came back i would be willing to share 
Roger and Michael to go over as Todd and John, but they still had to stay there. <laughs> I don't want to oh lose Finn and Franco. I don't, but I yeah, don't care. I'll agree to share. Them. I don't care what we call them. Like, just let them. I, you know, I loved, I yeah. loved John. I yeah, mean, John, John McBain was the coolest uh, cop on soaps. Like the coolest cop on soaps, and he wasn't stupid. No, like so many police are. So yeah, they always dumb make him like dumb. Yeah. And Michael had chemistry with everybody, and you know, I love him as an actor. I just think he's um, just, you know, wonderful. It's like Vincent Irizarry. Oh and yeah. I had that little exchange with yeah. Vincent because, you know, I was such a huge Lou Jack fan and then all of a sudden I'm staying in this house where I have to talk to him on the phone <laughs> and I'm like you know you can't imagine I was 20 years old 21 years old and I was like beyond excited that I was talking to Vincent de Rosari um slash Lou Jack uh you know it, it's just you know these actors like besides the 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 talent they're just so adorable and you know we I just you have so many crushes on the, all these guys Oh, yeah, I know I've, people laugh when it's like, no, I've had a crush on Roger Howarth my whole life. And it's like, wasn't Todd a rapist? I'm like, yeah, I guess. So. <laughs> but he yeah, was they, just yeah. so charming later when they sort of, you know, kind of like with Franco. They've redeemed the character. It's it's complicated. And I even loved oh, Trevor yeah. St. John as Todd, oh, then Victor, then, you know, like. Oh, Trevor. I, oh. I mean, talk about brilliant. Talk about, yeah. I mean, and Taya. Oh, um, yeah, Taya. I'm actually more of a Todd and Taya fan than uh, Todd and Blair. Oh, me too. Yeah. I thought I thought the two of them, and they were close friends, I think, off, you know, off yeah. screen. And, oh, my gosh, the two of them were just electrifying. And, um, you know, although, I mean, I, you know, just all the, that whole cast, I mean... Yeah, like you say, with the Broadway actors, like Renee Goldsberry, people don't, you know, Hamilton's Renee Goldsberry was Evangeline, who they always missed the triangle between her and Todd as Trevor that that time and John. Like, that would have been so good, but they always kept pushing John to Natalie. Yeah, they did. They did. And I like John and Natalie, but I I loved when Evangeline would sing on the show. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. She sang to John, and it's like pitter-patter. I mean, it still makes me, you know, electrified when I think about it because it was such great romance. I mean, they did a beautiful job with with them. That romance was really top-notch. I loved it. I loved it. And Oh, yeah. I mean, how do we get these shows back? <laughs> I know. Cause... How, do we, how do we get, you know, because the, the truth is, the actors would come back, and um, we have to check out the writers. Now, have you... I would love, you know, um, there's there's a new, on the YouTube channel, um, Alan Roker, who was the, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, maybe it's Rocker, but he, Locker, Alan Locker. Yeah, Locker, I think. The, Locker, sorry. Mm-hmm. He was the publicist as, as the world turns in Guiding Light. Now he's doing these reunions on YouTube, and it's brilliant. He's bringing back all the actors, and he's talking to them, and it's a chance to see all of them together, and... Um, Today he was interviewing Susan Lucci. I know, and it was—it's great. And I would love to be able to talk to the writers and talk to them about some of the story arcs they did and which ones they would, you know, loved and which which one would they do different and if they could go back and 
I mean, wouldn't that be so fun to talk to the writers? Oh, yeah, because the, the actors are interesting, and we're all happy to see them back, especially, like, Susan Lucci, because I'm still pissed Devious Maids was canceled, because she was awesome <laughs> on that, and I have my Erica Kane Barbie doll right here. Like, oh, my but, God. But, yeah, I'm talking to Alan on Monday, so, like, um, I was going to Oh, my interview- gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> that you're talking to Alan. I figured that's someone I should reach out to with all this going on, and when it was announced, like, Tuck Watkins and Cassie DePaiva yeah. and her husband James were doing a One Life to Live reunion, I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Because <laughs> I love I Tuck. That, and, and I think Alan is a little scared yeah. of me. He doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, when I saw that he was doing this, I, um, I reached out to him, and I just said, you know, thank you, as did so many other people. <laughs> you know, people are just over the moon that he's doing this. It's like a public service, you know, that he's giving us right now. And, you know, there were some technical difficulties in the beginning with all the actors on and, you know, it's hard when you have six people on a panel and you're doing it. Um, And then he, Alan's trying to read the questions because (laughs) so many questions come flooding in. But I am so happy that you are, going to be talking to him on Monday, and sorry that I butchered his, his name. <laughs> no, you're good. I know, I wasn't sure until someone told me, because I was like, and I'm like, who is this guy doing all this? And, and like I said, he was the publicist for these shows. And so many of us miss, especially, because there was a different feel to the New York shows than the LA stuff. And Because to was. me, all my children almost seemed disjointed when it moved, and it never really recovered, in my opinion. I still watched till the end, and I enjoyed a lot of stuff on there, but it, it just had a different New York feel because like you say you'd see these these actors were often from broadway or they pop up on law and order special victims unit when it was always fun and speaking of michael e knight on general hospital is amazing i love it i love him and james patrick stewart together i wish we had more of that <laughs> i know well in fact uh you know, um, Ricky Paul, Ricky Paul Golden oh, yeah. was just interviewed on Soap Opera Digest. He misses his brother. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he, 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 they just need to get him over yeah. there and they can have the three of them. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just when you hear about real life friendships and real life um, relationships, it's so touching because Michael and, and James are, are good friends and watching them together it just, I think it, you know, it's a pang for every soap fan who followed All My Children. Um, you know, and I, 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 I think what made it even harder was that the shows that replaced them are, are gone. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like they were replaced by these heavy haters that... That were successful. Huge, and, you know, yeah. Right. And, you know, to like have booted our, our stories, like the old yeah. movies, you know. <laughs> I mean, for what? Like, uh, it just... It still hurts, and I know I speak for every fan out there when I say it still hurts, and we would love them back. And when you think about One Life to Live going to the web and how awkward it was for people to get the concept of it at the time, and now, even just a few years later, that would be like we didn't watch it. Like, it would be a no-brainer that oh, yeah. we would watch that show. And, I mean, I was watching it, but it just didn't really take hold. Yeah, it um, didn't really feel the same. And so I wonder if they did it again. Because like you say, it was honestly just ahead of its time. And I think was. had they just waited a little bit and maybe got more people involved. that Because as I say, Frank Valentini over at One Life to Live did a lot of good stuff. And Ron Cavallardi, and I mean this in the biggest compliment, is the Ryan Murphy of soaps. And Brilliant. if we could get him to maybe work on all of them, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I wish. But it's like, yeah, because him, he, the way he ended One Life to Live was satisfying. And I will very... always trust him for that. Always. Yeah. Always. And look, yeah. listen, I, I, had, I have nothing but respect for One Life to Live. I mean, One Life to mm. Live was a wonderful show. It was so strong. And, um, you know, I... I I would love it if Ron. Could. Yeah. <laughs> Can we reach out to him? Can we just, I mean, because you know people want it back so badly, and now we could do the internet. I mean, there are things going on on the internet all the time now. I mean, the Bay and oh you know, yeah, I mean, I think, and Studio I think City. Crystal Sean Kanan's new show is great. That's right. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but like I know Crystal Chappelle is like you know yeah. this. Uh, she's a powerhouse in producing and starring and doing all of it. So. I mean, I know that it's out there, so can you make that happen? <laughs> hey, I'll do what I can. I mean, a lot of people do credit me with getting Constantine uh, back on TV, in a way, of like Legends of Tomorrow. Now, oh, wow. Uh, because I just wouldn't shut up about it. So maybe if we just don't shut up, and that's how we got, you know, Netflix to pick up Lucifer, too. So I feel like wow. we can at least... I honestly predict that something like either getting all of Passions on the Peacock uh, streaming app would happen, for sure, just because that would be easy to do. Even though it's a soap, it wasn't on that long, and that's something people have been screaming for. But I almost bet that either both All My Children, One Life to Live, or one or the other will be on in some sort of internet version in the next two years, just because there's still so much buzz about it, and we've seen miracles happen. God, that would just, you know, and it's funny because in my, back to the comics and the cartoons, mm-hmm. so um, I'm part of a campaign trying to get the Justice League back for yeah. a, you know, a, a, a movie um, and reuniting us all. And I've been kind of fighting for it for, I think it feels <laughs> like an eternity, but it's been a couple of years and we're coming up on our 20th anniversary and, you know, and mm. the Young Justice came back. Yeah. And, and Greg Weissman, just a, a, an aside, I was at a Comic-Con in Palm Springs with Greg and Phil Jimenez, who is a, a, a brilliant, brilliant artist. He's done Wonder Woman, among many other characters. And there were a bunch of us at dinner one night, and what were we talking about? And Phil and Ron are very close friends, like the be- they're besties. And what were we talking about at dinner um, was One Life to Live. Really? And it was so cute because here we are. And I was like, again, I was just the, the notion that I found, you know, found uh, people who love soap opera. And we're having this really wonderful, heated conversation at the dinner table about One Life to Live and its heyday. And it was so glorious. I can't even tell you. So that was where two worlds intersected a lot. But if you can do anything for the... Um, for our campaign, since you've been so successful in oh, your no. campaigns, I, I could really use some help. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll promote because it's Thank so you. funny to see, you know, how much that actually works. And that's what I tell people. And I know sometimes we want to, you know, express our grievances with the soap, especially, you know, the tree banging incident. It, but that was almost... I think worked in its favor because a lot of people probably tuned in to wonder what you were talking about. But right, I'm like, look, right. guys, if we put all this positive energy in the world, just like with Lucifer and Constantine, all these things can happen. And like you say, I mean, the whole cast for the Justice League seems to want to reunite because I, I know Michael Rosenbaum a little bit and I've seen him post stuff as well and and Phil Lamar. And so, yeah, why, why not? Yeah, well, and why not is, is right. And it's been why not for a while. So, 
Yeah, no, I think everybody, Bruce Tim, who created the show, um, has said that he would happily come back to do it. And Andrea Romano even said she'd come out of retirement to direct it. Um, so really, I think the hitch is Warner Brothers. I think so. If you have anyone over at Warner Brothers that you know, and you want to put in a good word, that would really be great. Um, in your spare time. Oh, you know, yeah. When you're not working on All My Children and <laughs> One Life to Live. Um, you know, uh, and and... And I would nothing would make me happier than getting a few of our daytime shows back on the air or back on the web, wherever. Just like having them have another life. That would be. I can't wait for you guys to hear the rest of our chat next week, which is hopefully just the first of many, as we love fangirling out about our soaps of then and now. And you see the magic of editing and pre-taping as we discussed Alan in the reunions before, so I was glad we could have that moment. It's a little taste of how the sausage is made. I'm sorry, that sounded dirty. But hey, if you want to see the Justice League reunite, then tweet hashtag JLReunion and tag WB Home Entertainment and any or all of the actors involved, like Susan, Kevin Conroy, Michael Rosenbaum, Bill Lamar, and Ken Schreiner, of course. And if you like to fangirl out with Susan, you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at SusanEisenberg1 and check out her website, SusanEisenbergVoice.com. And if you want to contact me, since I'm Lucretia Lyon, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.